When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones. We're here. Another morning drop today. Talking a little more about the competition at running back. Of course, we know one Jarquez Hunter was present at practice. Well, we got so many more opportunities for you guys to talk about guys in this room. And we want to discuss all of it right here Y'all know how we do War Report style. Let's drop it on them. You are now now listening listening to to the War Report. Morning drop. We are here this morning. You got Ike Jones. Be will in the place to be. Talking a little uh, fall camp. The return of one Jarquez Hunter to the practice ah, field. You know what? I should have queued up that it's the return of the gangster by Outcast. Just the beginning. It's the mm. return. Mm. I see. I missed a good opportunity, man. That, 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 that would have been a good opportunity to put. I should have that. tweeted that out. See, mm. it was covert. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's all good. But yeah, man, listen, uh, we're here, man, talking a little bit of fall camp. Y'all go, y'all know. Um, as always, the morning drop is brought to you by RogueShop.com. Make sure you head over there using code Rapport, 15% off of your purchase. When you do that, that helps us out a ton. It also helps us out if you share the video. So make sure we get other people involved in the conversation. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, all of those things. And uh, we appreciate you, though. Anyway, let's talk about it, man. What's up? Football. Jaquez. Cowboy. And uh, he's back on the practice field. Did a, yeah. As I understand it, did a lot of running. A lot of running was happening for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how you, you had an opportunity to be there at uh, fall camp yesterday. Yes, I did. How did uh, the running backs in general look? But you can talk about Jaquez for sure. So the viewing period was very, very limited. And the viewing period was we got out there and they are uh, we're finishing up what looks like just a very early kind of warm up thing. And then they went to stretch. So we got to watch them stretch for 15 minutes. Um, it was uh, riveting and, and, and inconsequential. <laughs> but shortly thereafter, uh, we got to see them doing what looked like on the defensive side, some installs, which is the coaches where the quarterback would be says a word, and then the guys get in position based on the word that they said and, and, and where to move. I mean, it was very, it's it's fall camp. It yeah. looks like base installation stuff, but it was still interesting. You know, I got to see uh, J.C. Hart out there mm. um, taking some reps on the defensive side. Got to see uh, a couple of guys I forgot about. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, right, who is uh, this number and this thing? I'm not going to say yeah. who it was. He was like, I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. He plays. I forgot. I mean, he, he looks good out here, which is why I asked. I'm like, man, this guy's really moving quickly with, with some purpose. What's very interesting to me is that the contrast between last fall camp and this fall camp, 
I can say for sure that we heard last summer that these guys were ready for the fall, that they were prepared, that they thought that they were going to change some minds and, and, and buck off some of these expectations. But I definitely felt like there was more pop and more purpose um, in, in the actions and in the activity in fall camp this year compared to last year. It was, it was definitely noticeable. Um, so after the stretching period, though, they did the installs on the offensive end. It was a lot of what we saw in spring, which is you got three quarterbacks. They're all taking turns doing these reps, uh, practicing handoff, throwing the shallow pass. We're talking about so light, the the most of the offensive players didn't even have on their helmets. All right, so just to be clear on what we're talking about here, which is why even though you could say, well, hey, here's the ones, twos, and threes, it wasn't that serious. <laughs> it was... It looked like pure repetition and installation for everybody to get used to doing this with everybody. Now, you did see, you knew who the ones were because when you knew Jarquez was out there, oh, that's a one. Mm-hmm. When Fairweather's out there, okay, that's a one. When, um, I'm trying to think who was somebody I saw, Jay Fair was out there. I don't, I mean, I don't really know what the pecking order is in the wide receiver room, but I'm going to assume that's a one. So you saw them taking those passes and, and those handoffs. And shortly thereafter, after the defense finished the little installation, Offense did that for a little while. The defense went out, and most of those guys um, worked on what looked to be the special teams um, execution. So you got you got to see a lot of different players trying to field those those uh, the kickoffs in case it's a short kickoff, that type of thing. But there was nothing sensational out there, man. It, it was very very light work. Well, light on my part. I'm on the sideline standing. They was. They was doing some hitting with their right. uh, with their punt covers, <laughs> but um, as far as details and a lot of hey, well, here's what we can glean from this. I don't think we're at that point yet. I still yeah, I mean, think we're sure. a couple of scrimmages away. Yeah, we're a couple of scrimmages away from being able to tell what's what. So unfortunately, when it comes to the running back room, I could not tell you what anything that we saw in media viewing meant for what this rotation is going to be. I do know the Cowboys back. Yeah, and um. I'm excited for the Cowboy to be back. Well, so what I want to discuss, though, in regard to this running back situation is uh, there has been a st- or there was a statement by a coach, Philip Montgomery. I don't have it queued up here um, like I did yesterday, but he said that they're looking at doing running back by committee this season. Uh, and they're looking for opportunities to get a lot of guys involved. He's excited about the prospects of Brian Batee, he's excited about what Damari Hunt, Damari uh, Hunter, Damari Austin's going to bring, <laughs> uh, but also Jarquez Hunter. Um, but what do you think about that running back by committee? He, there's even been mentioned that Stephen Jackson. I'm just messing up everybody's <laughs> name today. Everybody's just going to get a new name today. Sean Jackson <laughs> is going to have an opportunity this season. What do you think yeah. about running back by committee? A let's see if we're saying Hunter Austin Batee. Jackson Cobb. and Cobb, a five-headed monster? Listen, man, I, I don't think that there's any doubt that our running back room is the deepest and most talented room if you're talking about depth chart mm-hmm. concerns. You could go the four deep and be like, I don't know, shoot, we might be fine. <laughs> if you're telling me Sean Jackson, we're down to Sean Jackson, Jeremiah Cobb, that might be as good as a, a, a two-back rotation as we're going to find most teams in the SEC. I, I understand why they would do this. I think we're so used to having a bell cow back here and not only going back through Gus's tenure, but also before then. We're used to having one bell cow back, the exception being when it was two bell cow backs and Ronnie and Cadillac. 
I don't think it would be a terrible idea to do this by committee because you've got so many guys that came here to get a bite at the apple. You've got guys with different skill sets. Like I, Sean Jackson, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to tackle anybody that big. I don't want to tackle anybody, so let's get that on the record. Yeah. But you see that man coming on fourth and one, on third and one, on uh, third and goal and, and very short yardage. I've got to think they're going to be able to find some utility with him. I've got to think that he would be a phenomenal blocker um, because he kind of looks like an anvil. So I, I would expect them to find room for all of these guys. Get Jeremiah Cobb some bites at the apple because you don't want your extremely talented running backs to hit that portal. And that's that's going to be a big determining factor here. We think that's going to be a big determining factor in what type of games they call in the fall when it comes to are we going to be pass happy or run happy? Well, even if we're blowing people out, I expect us to throw the ball because we have to show recruits we're willing to run you. We have to show wide receiver recruits we're going to get you this productivity. And I expect the same with the running back room. Sure, we could Jarquez and Damari our way to a victory probably every game that we're in if it's close enough, but do you want Cobb to get out the door? Because he said, well, obviously there's no room for me. So what am I doing here? Give these guys some snaps. Let them, it, it doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to go for a thousand yards in his first season, but he's talented. Put talented players on the field, save your more experienced players as they head off into the NFL to preserve their value for the rest of their professional careers. I think there's value in going running back by committee. Yeah, listen, I am not opposed to this just because I don't think that there is a running back or there's a significant drop-off in talent um, when you go to the depth of this running back room. And I understand, you know, everybody wanting to see Heisman-type numbers out of one guy so you can say, oh, man, listen, man, look, we had the best running back in the country. Look at his numbers. But when you put the entire room up there and you look at our rushing offense, I think that that's what the coaching staff is most concerned about. And keeping guys fresh for the fourth quarter, I think, is going to be imperative. Yeah. Um, and I think you, what, what they're going to figure out is we're just going to ride the hot hand today. Whoever's the guy that's seeing it best, uh, holding on to the ball the best, that's the guy that we're going to continue to put out there for this particular game. It's not going to be this is our guy. We're going to run the ball with this particular person. They're just going to say, hey, you've got it today, and we're going to make sure we keep feeding you opportunities to continue to do whatever. I don't think running back is one of the some, – some, some running backs are guys that they need more reps to really kind of get into it. Right. Running backs not really like quarterback, though, where you can mess up their rhythm specifically. I don't right. think, right? right? Like, I haven't talked to a running back. I'd love to get a running back on here and, and see how they feel about that, but – I'm sure if you mm -hmm. talked to a guy like, oh, I don't know, Carrion Johnson, right, who mm -hmm. could have benefited from having somebody else to come in and spill him every now and then, maybe he would say, yeah, man, listen, I don't want to go out there and tote the rock 30-something times a game. Cut my, know, that's a good question. Cut my reps down by 10, and I'm still I'm going to yeah. be more effective in those lesser carries. I want to know if running backs, and carry on is a good example, if you asked him, would you have preferred to have 10 less carries per game or five less carries per game? Because a lot of those times we'd actually needed carry on and kind of salt that game away mm -hmm. and, and, and preserve it. But I mean, if you give him less carries earlier, though, right, so that he's fresh right. fourth quarter. But we didn't we didn't actually have a back who was comparable to, to carry on at the time. Our, our running back 
room was deep, but it wasn't necessarily as as talented as who our main back was. But I, I wonder if you say, hey, you you're not gonna be a thousand yard back, but you're gonna be a healthy back at the end of the season. Would they take that in over being? I mean, I think some guys want to be. I got 1,300, 1,400 yards. I did it on the ground in the SEC. That's a mark of of pride. But I wonder what they would say. Um, and we might might have a chance to find that out. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I definitely want to be able to talk to guys and see how they feel about this. It's an interesting uh, th- thing, though. I, I think it's interesting, though, specifically Sean Jackson being mentioned in, in that conversation about guys who are going to have opportunities. I think he's earned the right to at least be in the conversation but yeah. in your opinion, you know, you've talked about how difficult he is to tackle. We've heard the guys on the defense talk about how difficult he mm-hmm. is to tackle. Like, what? How, how likely do you think it is that Sean Jackson breaks into this rotation, considering, again, you've got Jarquez Hunter there. You've got a guy like Brian Batie who you've brought into this room, who you know wants to come in and contribute in a significant way. You know you're going to get his opportunities to do that in the kick game, but... Uh, you know, hopefully the other team isn't scoring enough for him to have to do that plenty of times throughout a, a game and impact a game in that way. Uh, you've got a guy like Damari Austin who has been waiting in the wings only a year. Like, I mean, we feel like it's been mm-hmm. a long time, but, you know, in that's dog years to, to talented guys like, man, I, I didn't do it very much last year. Only got really most guys want to say three years and they're out of there. Right. Yeah. So he's really only got two more years of eligibility that he wants to exhaust um, likely. And then you've got Sean Jackson sitting there at that fourth person. How likely is it that he's going to get uh, snaps because he's got less eligibility than a guy like Cobb, who's just now getting here, but super talented and people don't want to take the ball out of his hands. Like, do you think it's even feasible that Sean Jackson gets carries in a running back room that's littered with those names and that talent? Well, I think the question will come down to how intentional are the game plans going to be? Are we going to be hyper focusing what what personnel we put on the field to take advantage of defensive weaknesses? And what I mean by that is, if you've got a team that's soft up front or in the middle, and they aren't great at tackling, but I got to tell you, I'm not putting my smallest back out there. I'm putting my hardest to tackle back out there. Or if um, we looked at film during the season, Ike, and you were looking at somebody who's like, listen, they're terrible on the edge. All right, well, Batiste is going to be the guy you see all day. I'm putting my fastest uh, straight line back on the field because if you are terrible out there on the edge, speed, buddy. I'm testing you with speed. And we've got, comes we got a couple of guys who could do that, right? Like, I think right. that, you know, the, the, the good thing about a guy like Jarquez Hunter, he does a little bit of both. The good right. thing about a guy like Damari Austin, he does a little bit of both. Brian Petit probably is the the quicker guy that you mm-hmm. want to be able to test the edge with. Sean Jackson, faster than you think, but probably not the most adept at that. And then you definitely right. have Cobb to be able to do that. We've got a guys that can do a healthy mix of those things. Uh, right. So that's one of the things that is exciting about this running back room. I am very interested to see how they deploy these running backs into mm-hmm. this game plan because there's so many that are available. And I think that there's talent one through five in that room. Um, So I don't know, man, it's going to be interesting to see how it actually pans out when we get into this, uh, into the meat of the, the sec schedule specifically. And like, is it a matter of who they can trust? Is it a matter of, you know, Hey, we're going to stick with, you know, rotating these guys in because they're going to run a, want to run tempo. Right. And with tempo, you don't really want to sub out a lot. So how quickly are you able to, 
to to shuffle guys in and out and still keep the pace that you want to be able to play with, that's going to be an interesting thing too. Because when you substitute, you allow the defense to slow you down a little bit more. So I don't know how any of this stuff is going to work, man. I was going to, I was kept thinking it really kind of depends on what we end up doing on offense. Like if we wanted to hurry up Mm -hmm. and and grind somebody down, then you don't want that back right back on the field. I don't know how many guys are going to be built to endure what Trey Mason endure, yeah. be the hurry up offense, be the main back, get all those yards. But Trey Mason was so different, man. He, he was different. I wonder if it's going to be situational. Like if, if we're trying to possess the ball and we're trying to run the clock, do you put a, a Jarquez is his running style is just, it's so unorthodox. His body, I guess how you would key in on a running back. It doesn't really tell you, you're not going to get the right information if you're just looking at his hips because his hips and his legs do different things than most running backs do. So you can't read him. I would I would probably put Jarquez out there to finish games. Mm-hmm. And I think he's already been a great finisher for us, even in the last two years when Tank was here. We, all the games where we either won it in the end or had a chance in the end, Jarquez is who made the most big plays. I wonder if they break it up by quarter. I think Georgia probably did a good job of this in 2021. You saw a different running yeah. back pretty much every drive. Yeah. So there was no danger of anybody getting tired out. Um, they were mostly defensive. Their offense wasn't just driving them like it did in 2022. But you're going to see a different back, and we're not going to have to worry about that back getting tired or anything like that. When it's time to run this clock, we got guys to run this clock. I, I expect it to be situational on who gets what snaps. Right. But I also expect it to be based on what's, what, what's going on in the game, but what is this opponent worst at what what do we have that can that can solve their puzzling i i hope we have the right amount of faith in the coaching staff to do stuff that makes sense i've got supreme uh, confidence in this coaching staff to figure this out and and what i was going to say is i i think that they're probably going to have you know special packages that they'll have together for particular guys War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now, here's the rest of your morning drop. We are going to head over here and see what you all are buzzing about. You see what I did right there. Um, And that is football. And the comments here uh, are coming in at a pretty rapid pace. We are going to start. I believe we had a couple of super chats here from Ghost3520, who said, Running back committee like Lester, Tate, etc. Brad Lester and Tate definitely did the running back by committee. Uh, he jumps back in and says, Tate, Lester, Fannin, and Smith all had carries. They did. They absolutely did. I remember, okay, so y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I know 04 was Caddy and Ronnie. 05, that was the Kenny Irons year. I remember because of how hurt I was that we didn't win that LSU game. He went crazy. Um, I remember Tate. I want to say that was 06, 07, 08. Was that Brad Tate? Or was it two of those years? Y'all help me out. I know Fannin was on the squad from 08 to 2010, I believe, because he was a part of the championship squad. I know Brad Lester was in there, but I don't remember what years he was stretched over there. I just remember uh, Ben Tate being our main back for a while. 
I remember Fannin trying to be our main back for a while, but he had some ball handling issues, so he he never really picked up that bell cow spot. Um, wait, Kenny was there. I see Lawrence saying Kenny was there in 06. I thought so. I thought so. We They did. They shared it. Now, mm-hmm. we knew running the ball was going to be the priority at right. that time in the game and for Tuberville as a ball control defensive type coach. Um, so that's a, that's the difference. The biggest difference here is Hugh Freeze wants to be intentional about throwing the ball. Right. He's got quarterbacks to recruit and wide receivers to recruit, and there's no way he's going to be able to get those guys here with, you know, 65, 70% of the, the plays being run calls. So Yeah, it's going to have to be a balanced offense, and that's really the, the number of snaps that the offense is going to be able to get and the distribution of run to pass is one thing that, that's going to factor into all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because how many running opportunities are going to be there? If they want to run between 80 and 90 plays per game, you know, if we're going to split it right down the middle, let's say it's 80 and it's 40 and 40, What's going to be the distribution of snaps? You know, if you're if you're going to hand the ball off 40 times in a game, right? What's going to be the distribution? I think somebody actually said that here. Um, there it is. Chris S. That's, I thought I saw this in here. What does by committee mean for distribution of carries, right? So if you're talking about 40 run plays per game, who's getting what number of carries if you're trying to split that amongst five guys, right? Like if, uh, if Jarquez is going to get 15 of those, 20 of them. I mean, how many carries per game are you expecting Jarquez Hunter to get? And then how are you involving those running backs in the pass game? And if those other 40 plays, you know, again, I'm taking the low end of they're only getting 80, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you're getting 90, you know, 100 and something, right, it changes the math on this. But let's just take the low end of 80. Um, of the 40 throws that you're going to have, how many of those are going to running backs? Because that's less throws that you're going to get out to a wide receiver or a tight end, right? right? So when you're talking about distribution and trying to keep everybody happy when there's a ton of talent and targets out there to be able to do that with, mm-hmm. how do you manage to do that with all of these guys? And even if you're not sold on how much of a stud a guy is in the wide receiver room or how much, you know, how many targets you need to get to Rivaldo Fairweather? Right. You still need to show the uh, the 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 desire to do that for recruiting, like what, what you said earlier. If I yeah. want to recruit better wide receivers and I want to recruit better quarterbacks and I want to get stud tight ends in here, I got to show I'm willing to throw him the ball. Yeah, I got to show I'm willing to throw the ball for a quarterback to want to come play here. So yeah. how do I do that and distribute the ball equally to? all of my running backs, all of my tight ends, all of my wide receivers. I don't know. It's a good problem to yeah. have. I don't know what an answer to that is. Do you it's have a great answer? problem to have? <laughs> it's a fantastic problem to have. The only way I think this works is if everybody gets to eat. And what I mean by eat is it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the, the Gus Malzahn era. Hey, I'm going to give you the ball and you're going to get 1,000, 1,200, 1,400 yards because you're going to get that many bites at the apple and you're going to be great and I'm going to have a great offensive line for you. I think it's much more about you're going to get on the field for these plays you're going to be the uh, the valve option on this for the quarterback on this play, but that's still a touch. You you might not get as many carries, but you're going to get these touches. You're going to be the guy. Uh, of course, it's dirty work, but you're in here, and you're going to have to chip this all SEC defensive end that's going to be coming at the quarterback because that's still tape, and that tape is going to do a lot for your future in the NFL. They still need to get these guys good at that. Let's not let's not overlook that because that's something we saw. Jarquez improve on from year one to year two. 
blocking assignments as the running back. Now, we know now that those calls and things about that offense were, by all accounts and everybody that we talked to, a little overly complicated. So maybe that was part of the problem there with uh, year one Jarquez, but everybody's going to have to get better at everything. And I think there's nothing but advantage to putting these guys in, even if it's not to hand them the ball, hand them the ball, hand them the ball. Get in for some of these to, to be there. Hear the quarterback make the call, make the right block. They're going to have to go through some of the growing pains there as well. So I'm not expecting every time we see a new running back that he's just going to get fed. I'm expecting he's going to have to get maybe baptized by fire a little bit. Hey, what are you doing? Come back over here. You see, you were supposed to get that guy. We'll, you'll get back out there in a little bit. We'll try it again. I'm expecting them to rotate all of those guys for those reasons, because if anybody goes down, we don't just need you to tote the rock. We need you to block. <laughs> we need you to catch the pass and right. be on the right side of the formation. If the play goes back, all that stuff has to be in order as well. They want to get these guys those reps so that you have your super talented backs ready to pick up the slack if somebody goes down. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dana Jones jumps in and believe that Coach Hugh Freeze is going to play a ton of different players in the first three games. Can't wait to see who was going to stand out the most. I am very anxiously awaiting to see who is the cream of the crop that rises in this tremendous crop of talent that we have coming in here to play. Yeah, yeah. I from from what I have, what we talked to the other players about, it seems like the guys who are new. Um, Shell-shocked is, is probably too strong a word, but some of the transfers in are like, they're playing at this level and it's different at this level, at the SEC level. Um, specifically, it talked about, um, Phil Montgomery, the OC, talked about hooks and shorter kind of getting up to speed a little bit when it came to practice and, and how they practice and their intensity in practice. So their head was spinning a little bit. It's a little, it's a new season. They didn't get a spring. As they stay in practice longer, as they get on the field and the crowds are behind them. These are going to be the biggest crowds they ever played in front of. The most ravenous fan base that they've ever played in front of. I expect those guys to start coming into form. They're going to start getting into their shape and flashing the potential that got them here. It's going to be crazy on how they sort through all this. There are legitimately five guys that probably could be starting wide receivers in this room. Yeah. Five. There aren't going to be five wide receivers on the field every play. So how does this get distributed? How does it get split up? How, we already talked about the running backs. How does that go? We've got a good problem by having plenty of guys who look hungry and ready, and we know they're talented and ready to contribute this year. We got to put our trust in the coaches that they're going to figure it out and get the right guys on the field. Yeah, absolutely. CM Pat jumps in, says, sounds like a coach who knows how to keep his player, his great players involved. Could Quez handle the load? Probably, but he doesn't want these monsters to leave. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem of inability for one person to be able to be a bell cow or even that player wanting to have more carry so that they can go out there and showcase their skills. I think it is the coaches wanting to get more guys involved and keep guys fresh. Uh, and that kind of gives me what they're saying about um, – James Barnett saying here, if you're running at pay, a pace offense, you need to keep bodies fresh for the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder, though, now, this is something we saw when when Gus's offense was working. We didn't really switch backs a lot. Trey yeah. Mason was the only one. That seemed to make Trey Mason stronger. He definitely was, uh, he was, again, he's different. He's a way different, different guy. He was a different guy. Between the offensive line and the running backs, does... It seems well, we've heard I've heard this from offensive linemen before when they're leaning on the defense running the ball, they get stronger because they can feel the defense getting weaker. It motivates them. They're like, oh, we mm -hmm. got you right where we want you. 
for the running back, does, is that the same effect? Is there a running back who's going to be like, man, please let me go back in there? I felt that linebacker didn't have nearly as tight a grip on me on play 10 of that drive as he did on play two. They are wearing down. Let me back at them. Does that make, does switching out have a negative effect? Mm. You know, I, I always wonder about that because I know that mentally, and players have talked about this, when you can feel the other team giving up, it starts to give you some juice. And man, I, I, not that it matters if we're winning, we're winning, but want those running backs to be able to go out there and, and kind of finish them off if they're feeling the, the other team kind of fold. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the coaches will handle that. But I, that's something I always wondered about when it comes to running the ball late. Is it an advantage to be the only guy toting the rock so you can be a, I am going to take the life out of you. I know that does a lot for some players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hancher says he's looking forward to seeing Austin and Batie getting some carries. Hunter be running back one, but I bet these other guys get enough carries for Hunter to be fresh in the fourth quarter in some key games. I think that's going to be important, keeping yeah. the guy fresh for the fourth quarter. Listen, he is uh, one of those guys that I think can uh, be a closer for the team in regard. Like we, we've seen him do that in instances, you know. The Penn State game, he was playing really well in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of that game. That LSU game, we're talking about this freshman year, Penn State, mm-hmm. freshman year, LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia this, State. Yeah, Georgia State definitely was one of the guys in the ending that game. We're talking about end of the game uh, against Mississippi State and Ole Miss. He had late touchdowns uh, in both of those games last year, right? So he is a fourth quarter guy. He was the second back, though, right? Like, so he wasn't right. getting first rep carries tank was getting the majority of the the, the carries that year so with yeah. an increased role is he still going to be the guy that's going to be fresh in the court's fourth quarter is his conditioning at that level or right. does will he need to be spelled a little bit more so he's still staying in that 20 to 25 carries uh per game but here's the other thing uh kyle corley jumps in he's he's going to make it difficult because he's a home run threat every time he touches the ball i agree Yep. I think that these other guys are home run threats too. I don't know that Damari is a home run hitter in that way, just because I don't know that he has that get get the ball and once I clear it, taillights, right? Like Jarquez Hunter is a taillights guy. I think Brian Batie is a taillights guy. Um, and I think Jeremiah Cobb is a taillights guy, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that we've got three legitimate home run hitters in that running back room where if you want to play close to the line of scrimmage, if you miss at the first level, good luck. Yeah. If they bend the corner when we're running, you know, uh, you know, a wide off tackle situation, or they get the cutback lane and nobody's to the opposite side when they cut it back, good luck. Yeah. Because you got to catch them. And I don't know a lot of guys. Run, I I can't recall a single time that I remember Jarquez Hunter getting run down if he was in the open field and a guy had to try to catch him. I don't know if I can remember that happening. Um, what did he, I want to say it was the Bama game last year. He got pushed out of bounds because he had he had gained quite a few yards on a big carry. But no, Jarquez is, which is, again, his running style is so weird. He's got this, he can shake people off. After contact yards is, is phenomenal. But he also is sneaky fast, but he doesn't look as fast as like Tank looked running in the open field. But Jarquez is just as fast as Tank, if not faster. Like this is no, crazy, man. We got crazy backs. Yeah, he's yeah. faster than Tank, and and you know, like Tank's a four five guy. I'm, I think I think Jarquez would run faster than a, a high four five. Right. He's he's definitely got burners on him, man. So it's going to be different. Um, 
Let's see. Bo X Hunter says, or it could just be Bo Hunter. I don't know if the X is pronounced mm-hmm. there, but Bo Hunter says, no more running back getting 35, uh, running back, running a back 35 times a game. Yeah, I think we're past those days. Um, yeah. yeah. 35 times is way too much. Um, unless it's a, a situation where the end of the game, you're not throwing a ball at all because you got a big lead and you're just right. kind of trying to solve the game away. Maybe maybe some running back gets a bunch of carries in that situation, but even then you could still rotate guys in because you're trying to slow the tempo down. You right. don't want to run at pace. So, all right, cool. We're going to run you for a couple, three, four times in a row and we're going to throw somebody else in there running three, four times in a row. Yeah, yeah. If the possible. Uh, let's see. AU alum jumps in. Can't imagine Cobb getting many reps this season, barring injury. Injury's always a factor in this. Yes, um, it is. And I've talked about this before. I don't know whether or not Jeremiah Cobb is going to get a lot of opportunities or whether or not they're going to attempt to redshirt him. I think it makes a ton of sense to redshirt him, but there are a lot yeah. of people. Our guy, Corey, is a big Jeremiah Cobb guy. So it says, listen, man, you can't keep a guy that talented off the field. You need to play him. Uh, you know, any thoughts about Jeremiah Cobb and his uh, ability to get out there and get reps? I mean, listen, if he is the most amazing back that we've got on this team right now, which is not to say he's proven that yet, but if we look back 10 years and say, you know what, Jeremiah Cobb was the best running back in that room. Jarquez Hunter is elite. Mm-hmm. Damari Austin, we, we could be looking at three elite backs in one room. And if that's the case, we had a situation where we had Ronnie Brown, Cadillac Williams and Brandon Jacobs. They're like, hey, man, listen, I don't think we got no snaps for you, Brandon. We're going to put you at defensive end. Man, I'm out of here. Let me go eventually be a Super Bowl champion running back for the New York Giants. It's just how it could go. He could be, he was probably most built for the long haul. Brandon Jacobs was at his size. But are you mad that uh, can we fault them for making Ronnie and Cadillac the stars of the show? No. Uh, yeah. it, it is a great problem to have. I don't think there's any way to know that Jeremiah Cobb could be equally as effective or more than a Jarquez or Damari unless you give him equally as much responsibility. And at this point, it doesn't make any sense to give him more responsibility when he's behind in the play call, excuse me, in, the, in learning the playbook. He's behind on the physical development because even if he's a monster, I don't think he's going to be more prepared for the SEC game than a guy who's been here for two years and one year respectively with Jarquez and Damari. We just won't know yeah. until the time has passed, and I think that's okay for now. Um, TK jumps in and says, Caddy had 41 against UGA in 01 for 167. Ask him about carries. Um, listen, I, th- that's anecdotal, but I also I'd say... Caddy had injury issues. Would he have yeah. wanted to? And and he actually is a perfect person to ask this question. Would he have yeah. wanted to preserve his body a little bit more in college and lessen a little? Like, you know, when you're young and you're out there and you're fired up, yeah, man, give me the ball, coach. Give me the ball, coach. But you know, you got Ronnie sitting right here next to you. Would you say, hey, man, these forty-one, take ten of these and give them to Ronnie? If I know that's going to yeah. add three more years to my NFL career down the road, right? Right. Right. And I don't, I don't think they had as much understanding of what wear and tear and, and eventually he talks about body tread size on, change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, you hear him talk about stuff like uh, the tread on the tires now um, as he's a running backs coach. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that he's going to be super cognizant on? Is that something that he's selling to guys? And he's saying, hey, I know you see three talented guys in this room. 
we're going to distribute these carries equally because I'm not worried about you setting records in college. I'm worried about you having a successful career here. And we're going to display you enough to make sure that when you get to the NFL, you still got something left. He could definitely sell that. I was in the pros. Here's what happened. It was my hip or my knee and my career was was done early. I'm not making sure I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen to you. We're going to get you productive. We're going to get you the spotlight on you here because we're going to be competitive, win games, and you're going to be the running back that's doing the touchdown getting, and but you'll be ready and preserved for the NFL. I think that's definitely a selling point that Caddy has. Yeah, I'd love to be able to ask him that question. 22 Busy jumps in and he says that some of this has, uh, some of that has to do with sustained drives. If we get more snaps overall, it will be run and pass. And this is 100% true. If you want to be able to get more guys involved in the offense, you need less three and outs. You're going to need more drives that are having, you know, 10, 15 plays and we're going to, you know, have a distribution of run and pass and all of those things. You need to be able to orchestrate drives and then it wears that defense out even more because they're just playing more plays on the field. And then we're going to get to the end of the game, that defensive line that's been trying to do whatever for 50, 60 plays already in, into the third quarter is just tired. They're tired. Yeah. Listen, our defense yeah. will tell you that works. Yeah, it, it works. Work. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely works. Just, yeah. yeah, get them tired, coach. That's what messed us up last year. Offense wasn't sustaining drive. Defense had to jump back out there after play after play after play yeah. um, or series after series. Once you get to the end of the third quarter, we're gassed. I don't have anything left to be able to stop the run. And then you see them breaking 40, 50-yard runs consistently in the third quarter against a very tired uh, front seven. For sure. We, we want to save our guys. We want to save our guys and rotating them saves them and breaks down that defense. I don't think it's anything but a win-win. So if we don't see as much as we want to see of these guys this season, hey, hopefully they've done enough and seen enough and still feel comfortable under Hugh Freeze and Caddy to stick around and come get back at it next year too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I am looking forward to seeing how this distribution plays out because I think that there's a bunch of talented guys here. Is there a way to keep all of them happy and wanting to come back for another season to do that again? Yet to be seen, but we will see how that plays out. Anyway, we are about to get out of here, uh, but we'll be back at you guys tomorrow. Until then, as always, War Eagle. Peace. Drive!